Support for this podcast and the following message come from Wise, the app that makes managing your money in different currencies easy. With Wise, you can send and spend money internationally at the mid-market exchange rate. No guesswork and no hidden fees. Learn more about how Wise could work for you at wise.com. Today on State of the World, unearthing ancient Roman structures in Turkey and who should own the ancient art of Greece. Thanks for listening to State of the World from NPR. We bring you the day's most vital international stories up close where they are happening. I'm Christine Arismith, and we're revisiting stories from the past year. Coming up, we meet Turkish archaeologists finding ancient Roman temples and more. But first, this past year brought increased scrutiny of artifacts and antiquities held by Western museums. Now, back in November, there was a diplomatic spat over the Elgin marbles. Those are the marble sculptures that were removed from the Acropolis in Athens in the early 19th century and are now housed in the British Museum in London. Greece wants them back, and the Greek prime minister cut short a visit to London over the issue of the marbles. NPR's Lauren Freyer tells us more. Once upon a time, the Parthenon looked like this. The Parthenon was built in Athens in the 5th century BCE, and nobody living today has ever seen the friezes that covered its facade on display altogether. In the early 19th century, Britain's ambassador to the Ottoman Empire, which Greece had been part of, got a permit to remove about half of those ornate marble sculptures. That ambassador's name was Lord Elgin. And those sculptures, which ended up in the British Museum, are better known as the Elgin Marbles. As former empires like Britain come to terms with their, at times, shameful past, calls are growing for the Elgin Marbles, just like Africa's Benin Bronzes, or some hope South Asia's Kohinoor Diamond, to be returned. We feel that these sculptures belong to Greece and that they were essentially stolen. That's Greece's prime minister, Kyriakos Mitsotakis, on the BBC, speaking about how some of the Elgin marbles remain in Athens while some are in London. If I told you that you would cut the Mona Lisa in half and you would have half of it at the Louvre and half of it at the British Museum, do you think your viewers would appreciate the beauty of the painting? Britain's government disagrees, though. Education Secretary Gillian Keegan told local TV the Elgin marbles are... ...actually protected under law, and under that law, they have to stay in the British Museum. Apparently because of that legal permission Lord Elgin got from the Ottomans more than 200 years ago. This is a long-running debate. But it turned into a diplomatic spat. UK media say Prime Minister Rishi Sunak had sought assurances that Mitsotakis would not raise the issue of the marbles on this London visit. And after he did in that BBC interview, Sunak cancelled their planned meeting. I think he wanted to sort of stoke some culture wars here. Sarah Baxter is on the advisory board of the Parthenon Project, a group trying to find a compromise here. She says Sunak may be out of step with voters. Polls show a majority of Britons support the return of the Elgin Marbles to Greece, especially if that means more Greek antiquities could come here on loan. The idea being that you don't just sort of leave the British Museum without these wonderful sculptures, but that you can bring marvels over to the British Museum. The public, you know, would be queuing around the block to see things like the Mask of Agamemnon, for example. 
treasures that, unlike the Elgin marbles, have remained in Greece. Lauren Fryer, NPR News, London. Next, ancient temples emerge in Turkey. Support for NPR and the following message come from Betterment, an automated investing and savings app. CEO Sarah Levy shares why accessibility is central to Betterment's mission. The real innovation for Betterment was taking a set of tools that were used by the ultra-wealthy and making them accessible to the average investor. And that includes tax strategies, that includes dollar cost averaging. These are all sort of tricks of the trade. Learn more about automated investing technology at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive Insurance, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Get your quote at Progressive.com and see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Support for NPR and the following message come from NYU Stern. Their executive MBA program provides the support you need to take that next great leap. Classes held one Friday, Saturday, Sunday a month in downtown D.C. Search NYU Stern EMBA in D.C. We take you now to Turkey, where an archaeological dig is yielding huge numbers of artifacts that are changing the understanding of that area's history. NPR's Peter Kenyon visited the dig site in southern Turkey. The site, known as Zerzavan Castle, is generally known as a Roman-era military garrison. But as archaeologists have painstakingly excavated the site, it has yielded up underground living areas with layer after layer of artifacts that are far older, some of which appear to be unique to this site. Aitach Choskun heads up the excavation team. He says it was nearly 20 years ago, while on a visit to the nearby city of Diyarbakir, that he came upon this place and knew he had to start digging. I first came to Diyarbakir in 2005, and in 2006, when I saw this hill, I saw some pieces of artifacts, and I knew this is an old settlement, and no excavation had been done before. So as soon as I saw it, I knew it had to be a dig, because there must be something significant underneath. Choskun says the initial excavation at the southern end of the site revealed, among other things, the remains of an ancient church that was gradually being exposed to the elements and needed protection. He says as they moved on to the northern section, they also found a temple known as the Mithras Temple, dedicated to a god popular among Roman soldiers. After several years of work here, Choskun says he's convinced the layers of artifacts here will keep this site on the archaeological map for a long time. The digging we're doing inside the castle walls is 57,000 square meters. It's a huge area. And outside of it, including here, is like 10 million square meters. And right now, Zerzavan Castle and Mithras Temple are in the temporary World Heritage List of UNESCO. We are working to get the site included in UNESCO's permanent list of World Heritage Sites. Among the important finds, he says, is a beautifully preserved and ornately decorated Roman-era bronze baptismal bucket. That's on display at the Diyarbakir Archaeological Museum. He says they also found an Assyrian-era stamp, a kind of official seal carved into stone that Choshkun says dates back some 3,000 years. Choshkun and his colleagues point out more of what's been found here, an underground church, a huge rock altar, a long water canal, and more. He believes perhaps 1,500 or more people, military and civilian, may have lived here in times of peace. And during wartime, it's possible 10,000 or more people from the surrounding area sought shelter here. 
That, he says, could explain the underground living areas. He says, based on what's been unearthed so far, it's not an exaggeration to say the Zerzavan Castle Mithras Temple site has the potential to change our understanding of this part of the world and its archaeological and architectural history. And there's more to come. It's totally open to new discoveries, that's for sure. We don't know what else we'll find. We've only dug around 10% of the area on the surface within the castle walls. And beyond the castle walls, you see more living areas, an 8-kilometer wall canal, the necropolis where the leading families buried their dead, and ceremonial areas. So there will be more to come. As an example, Choshkun says so far they've excavated six residential complexes within the castle walls. There are 99 more still below the surface. That's just one reason he believes this site will continue to offer up contributions to human knowledge of times past for many years to come. Peter Kenyon, NPR News, in Diyarbakir Province, Turkey. That's the State of the World from NPR. One more thing. As we enter a new year, we're asking listeners to support public media in their giving. If you appreciate our reporting, like from archaeological digs in Turkey... Please consider helping to make that coverage possible. Here are two ways you can do that. You can sign up for State of the World Plus at plus.npr.org or in Apple Podcasts. You can also make a tax-deductible donation to your local NPR station. You'll find links in our show notes. Our podcast is produced by Greg Dixon with help from Caroline Kelly. I'm Christine Arasmith. Thanks for listening. Pro-Palestinian protests have popped up on college campuses across the country. But from the eyes of students, what are we missing? From the outside, these protests are painted as really violent when that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm Brittany Luce, host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, and I'm inviting you to hear from student journalists who see what the rest of us cannot. On It's Been a Minute from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Homes.com. You don't just live in your home, you live in your neighborhood as well. So when you're shopping for a home, you want to know as much about the area around it as possible. Luckily, Homes.com has got you covered. Each listing features a comprehensive neighborhood guide from local experts. Everything you'd ever want to know about a neighborhood, including the number of homes for sale, local amenities, and even things like median lot size and a noise score. Homes.com. We've done your homework. This message comes from NPR sponsor Greenlight. Want to teach your kids financial literacy? With Greenlight, kids and teens use a debit card of their own, while parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and savings in the app. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash NPR.